0: And welcome to episode number. What is it, Tom? 45? 46? No, episode. everyone
1: knows. It's episode number 46. Oh, isn't it's 46.
0: It? I'm really on top of this. Again, we're not in the same room, are we, Tom? I'm away for Christmas. It's Christmas. All right, are you um, visiting the icy regions of the earth? Yeah, I've gone up north to Essex, which is. 60 miles north of London. That's not really up north, though, is it? It's hardly North Pole's territory. In fact, there's no snow here whatsoever where I am. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it being Christmas, I thought I'd uh, pick a Christmassy-themed stuff to talk about, relating to art, of course. Sure. So what are we going to be talking about in this show? We're going to be talking about religious lookalikes. We've picked another painting about a saint who inspired Santa Claus. Also, an art theft relating to a nativity painting. Sounded very religious, but then I suppose art's to do with Christmases, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, and thieves need to celebrate Christmas same as everyone else.
0: (laughs) So, I thought the first one I'd look at is uh, I picked a look-alike. This one actually relates to a church that is in the Mexican town of Zacatecas, And this happened uh, this year. And basically, they've just paid for a, a giant 22-foot-long statue of Jesus. The artist who created it was uh, Roman Salvador. And basically, if you look at it, what well, I'm looking at it now, I mean, it's really big. And it's dressed in white boxer shorts. And it's got like a, a receding baby hairline. And um, rather than looking like Jesus, I don't know who you think it looks a bit like, Tom.
1: Well, he looks a lot like um, Phil Collins. Yeah. It's uh, another day in paradise here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe Phil Collins? A 1970s drummer.
1: Well, he's one of the uh, biggest selling songwriters in the world, yeah. currently
0: alive. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty well known, isn't he? So.
1: Yeah, so it does. It look, can imagine that's what he looked like as a baby. <laughs>
0: Do you reckon he had the ability to drum, this, this Phil Collins, Baby Jesus?
1: Well, if he's like uh, crossed between Baby Jesus and Phil Collins, he's going to be pretty good on drums, isn't he? <laughs> uh,
0: apparently, they're hoping it's going to be the world record for the biggest statue of, of Jesus in a church.
1: Oh, really? World record? They're calling it Jesus. It's got to be the biggest statue of Phil Collins in a church. <laughs> it?
0: It's
1: like a double world record. <laughs>
0: So on to the next uh, celebrity, well, not celebrity, but the next religious lookalike. And um, now I'm looking at, uh, bearing in mind, this is Christmas and who, of course, inspires Santa Claus is uh, St. Nicholas. And in this picture, I'm looking at a portrait of St. Nicholas. It's quite an old portrait and he bears more than just a passing resemblance to Wolf and Wolf, for those who don't know, is a Klingon from the Star Trek The Next Generation series.
1: I mean, yeah, to get best use of these lookalikes, you've got to look at the split screen that uh, me and Marcus are looking at now. Yeah,
0: so I'll put, I'll put a link on the website to him. But, yeah, they've got the same kind of forehead, those kind of ridges going down. There is definitely a Klingon. Do you think that St. Nicholas could have been from Star Trek?
1: St. Nicholas is... Uh... He was around long before the first series of uh, Star Trek. Yeah, he was. I I guess the thing with uh, Jesus and Phil Collins is they were around about the same era, weren't they?
0: (laughs) Don't let Phil hear this. He might listen in. Christmas. When you think of Christmas, you think of a good nativity scene, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The next one we're looking at, next painting we're looking at, is a nativity scene by the Italian artist Caravaggio. It's a really big painting, 2.7 metres high and 2 metres wide. Now, the thing is, is that this painting has actually been stolen. This painting is on a list of the FBI top 10 art crimes, and they reckon it's now valued at about $20 million.
1: What, the FBI value it at that? Yeah.
0: i actually think it's probably worth more now what is it is the painting is actually called nativity with saint francis and saint lawrence and it was painted in 1609 and it originally hung in the oratory of saint lawrence in palermo which is in sicily now an oratory is a just basically a small chapel so just to describe the picture before we talk about what actually happened to it what you've got is a picture of the baby jesus on the on the floor of a stable by the look of it and then you've got mary and she's sort of reclining looking casually over jesus as you do in the uh, top of the picture an angel is looking on and also there seems to be a a saint called saint lawrence and a, a bull as well that's looking on at the scene and there's saint francis of assisi which is another saint looking on and a mystery older man who i can find no details as to who he is
1: he's got a stick yeah so he's probably a shepherd isn't reckon? he
0: yes so when uh caravaggio painted it that was in about 1609 it was given to the the, the church and it remained there until 1969, when it was stolen.
1: From the chapel yeah. where it had been hanging all that time?
0: Yeah. Now, yeah. just to describe to people before, before I tell you a bit more detail about it.
1: So, Hang on, it's been missing for 50 years this
0: year? Oh yes, it has, isn't it? 50 years.
1: Mummy, is Santa Claus real?
0: Now this is one of the greatest works that is still hasn't been found yet what happened was you know it's an old church and in 1969 uh, thieves apparently just cracked open the old door because it was just a lock the place wasn't alarmed and they went up to the altar of the chapel and they literally just cut it from its frame and then they rolled it up and they took it away wow yeah,
1: yeah i'd say good job but they were criminals yeah. aren't they?
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I know what you're thinking. You're wondering what sort of uh, what sort of things have happened to it. Where has it gone? I guess no one knows. The thing is, they reckon that it was just thieves, just normal thieves, as if there was such a thing as normal thieves, just broke into the building. And
1: What, you mean un- unorganised thieves?
0: Yes, possibly. Uh, Disorganised. So... <laughs> so what they reckon happened w- was the Mafia then found out about the theft, because obviously this was big, big news. And they reckon the Mafia got hold of the painting. Now, what happens is, is every so often there's a rumour and there's stories. For instance, someone was thinking you know, so that the thieves stole it and the Mafia got hold of it and it was just ended up in a bar and then it was eaten by vermin. And then the remainder of the painting was burned. Another story was that the guy who actually paid for uh, the work to be stolen, when he saw how damaged it was, he just burst into tears and couldn't handle it and had it destroyed. I mean, would that upset yeah. you if you went out and you got it nicked and it came back and it was quite damaged?
1: I mean, it's a nice picture and that, but, you know, I don't know. I guess it would look nice on your wall, but... I I suppose I wouldn't be that bothered enough to pay to get it stolen. (laughs) If I want to have a look at a picture of a Jewish mother, I can just, like, Skype my own mother.
0: (laughs) At the moment, there's no leads. But interestingly enough, sometimes there would be a mafia trial. In order for them to stall the trial and slow down the process, they were finding that there were a few times when mafia people would just mention this painting, and everyone would go, oh, and they'd have to investigate it and slow the trial process down.
1: Is it a bit like mentioning Macbeth to an actor? <laughs> so, were these, were these in mafia trials
0: then? Yeah, because these the mafia keeps bringing up. So they'd be going like, "You're you're being arrested on a murder trial," and they go, "Ah, oh, but I know where the Caravaggio is," and then everyone would go, "Stop the trial! Stop the trial! Let's have a talk about this."
1: Okay, so that's a good tip if you get arrested in, in <laughs> Italy, isn't
0: it? Just bring up <laughs> Caravaggio.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Another story which seemed to have a lot more uh, uh, credibility about it was um, a priest from Sicily was sent almost like a ransom note. and He believes it was a mafia, contacted him and said, put this advert in the paper saying that we want to negotiate with the church. So they published it. So the priest arranged with the uh, head of cultural affairs in Palermo to have this published you know, this, this advert. So the church would see the advert and think, oh, we better negotiate. It's kind of like a ransom. And basically... For the pa- for the painting, Yeah, obviously. for the return of the painting, yeah. Yeah. And basically the church just ignored it and they didn't do anything. So this is kind of like a hostage situation. The priest got another angry letter back. Allegedly, he said, with a piece of the painting. You know, in a kidnap, they sometimes might send a bit of the ear or something back. They actually said, no, seriously, put another advert in. And they sent a little bit of the painting, apparently, to say we're in business.
1: So did they check out the piece of ear or painting, whatever it was that they sent?
0: Well, the thing is, apparently, what this priest said was he went back to the superintendent, as he's called, of culture affairs. Rather than investigate the priest's claims, you know what I mean? He just told the police about the priest and said he suspects that the priest has stolen it. Interesting. And then the trail went cold because, of course, it wasn't the priest that stolen it.
1: Yeah, it's almost like Hercule Poirot or yeah.
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> so, no one knows where it's gone. But in 2018, during a testimony by a mafia informant, they think it may have been sold to an unknown Swiss art dealer who apparently is now dead.
1: So this informant claimed it had previously been sold to a Swiss art dealer who was already dead
0: at the time he informed. Yes, this is the latest update. So it may not be destroyed. It may still be around. Yeah, so so no one knows who this
1: unnamed art dealer is. Yeah. And, but he he said he was Swiss. Is there like any reason why he'd say it was Swiss? I don't know. It's a, new, a neutral country.
0: There possibly is a reason for saying him saying it is Swiss. But now, what they've done is, um, in 2016, they actually got a a company, actually made a full-scale digital representation of the artwork. So there's now an actual really highly accurate digital print hanging in the church. So there is something there now. Okay. In case you were worried about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not that worried, but oh. <laughs> I know it, I <laughs> I know it's a poorer part of Italy, isn't it, yeah. Sicily.
0: At the time when it was stolen, it was such a devastating theft because there was so much crime and art thefts going on. You know, art thefts on a scale not seen since the, the Second World War that the Italians actually formed a special police service to uh to investigate thefts of cultural heritage
1: yes it's it's interesting so in Italy they do have a kind of Italian art fundamentalist movement going back over a century earlier on in the century didn't they go and steal from France for the nation of Italy they went and stole the Mona Lisa back didn't they oh
0: yeah now for those of you that don't uh, know what to what we're referring to I think it's worth having a listen to our uh, Mona Lisa episode podcast where we did a Mona Lisa special and you can find out more
1: And also, didn't they, even more recently than that, had an
0: Italian art-only thing that we covered in another episode? You're talking about one of our Art News episodes where we talked about Francesco Bonomi and uh, he formed the tongue-in-cheek Italian Art First Party. Is that the one you mean? Yes. One of the art party's policies was sort of travelling around the country to look for illegal foreign sculpture and then remove them. And I'll also put a link to that as well. Excellent. Yeah, cool. Okay. Now, a short advertisement break.
1: Ho, ho, ho! Hello, children! It's this oh, it's time Santa. of year again! Yeah, is! <laughs> oh, I've got you some presents. Lucy, well done. You've been a very good girl. Here we are. This is for you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Thank oh, it's you. Send with mine. Marcus? You've been troublesome this year. Have I, I, I got high I want a high resolution turtle operant? No, I'm afraid this is all I have for you this year.
0: Send <laughs> boy, I want a high resolution turtle.
1: Operating. Well, well, young man. If you behave yourself next year, maybe I could get you a high-resolution artwork for next year. What to download? <laughs> to download. Oh, oh, if I... you want to be a good boy, you must sign up to the mailing list and what? leave me a five-star <laughs> review. What you? Say, what Lee sent you a review? Leave the podcast Modern Art is Rubbish A five star review As you know That is my podcast Christmas is ruined Well you should have Thought of that Before you started Getting into mischief
0: Anyway Ho 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 <laughs> So just head over To modernartisrubbish.com And subscribe To our email list To be updated On the latest Modern Art is Rubbish news <laughs> Right, now, Tom, onto to the final painting that I did for our Christmas special now do we what what saint when you think of Christmas, what saint do you think of most uh
1: Santa Claus <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we I'm thinking of Saint Nicholas, do you want to get that painting up now, the painting that I've picked, and again, I'll put a link to this on the website, so if you head over to modern night's rubbish dot com and then you can see it. Now this painting is by a, a a Netherlandish painter, who is alive from about 1460 to 1523, and his name is Gerard David. And the painting. When you say Netherlandish, do you mean Dutch? Yeah, but it was just it said. He said Netherlandish. You know, I've always wanted to say Netherlandish. Neverlandish. Yeah, isn't that like sounds like something out of uh, Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> what it is is the painting is called the three legends of saint nicholas now it's a three panel work which is called a tip trick and it depicts three legends about saint nicholas now just a little bit of background uh, thing about saint nicholas he was actually a bishop who lived in the fourth century in a place called myra which is now modern turkey uh when his parents died They left him a lot of money. So there's a little bit of background for you. Now, looking at the first panel, what we've got here, obviously we can see a mother. She's in her her bed. She looks like she's just given birth. And her hands are clasped in grateful prayer, looking on at a miracle baby. And two maids who are washing the newborn, they appear very professional. And they're not surprised because what you're actually seeing there is the newborn baby standing up in the washing bowl and praying.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty miraculous to be like standing up as soon as you're born. I think that's quite unusual, if not unheard yeah. of. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're due to you're you're due to be a father sooner. Are we allowed to talk about this, Tom? Well we are, so there we go. <laughs> I mean, what would you do if you suddenly found your uh, baby that's uh, what would you do if you suddenly found it like praying like that? Would you think that's quite saintly?
1: So yeah, I'd probably go go downstairs and get some alcohol.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Apparently, what happened with Saint Nicholas? Ha- well, you say Saint Nicholas
1: and me share a birthday, you know. Well, we share a day. I-, I was born on Saint Nicholas's day. Really?
0: So you can relate to this. Were you born praying or anything? When- I was
1: born by cesarean section, oh. so I don't know. No. I don't know what, what that means. No. So
0: when you were being washed down, they didn't. You didn't like stand up and suddenly start praying.
1: I've never been told that's what happened. Apparently, I was born green. 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 I was green when I was born. I was premature and I was green. Oh my god. And- And the nurses called me the Incredible Hulk, but that's a different painting. (laughs) When
0: I was born, my my dad's had always got a cauliflower ear and I was born by a candlelight because there was a power cut and the first thing I did was I weed on the nurse. But that's not miraculous, is it really?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's called water sports, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the first miracle store legend of St Nicholas now in the second panel it's quite it's, I have to say as well these are really beautifully painted
1: well it looks like they're in like three different frames but I don't know if that's part of the painting yes or... they've
0: been placed in three different frames to, to keep stories separate but they're all as one thing
1: so it's so it's three, three three different paintings stuck together to tell a story yes
0: in an arch frame yeah
1: early early film
0: yeah, it is right So, in the next one, what we see is we see St Nicholas, and he's creeping up to a bedroom window with a bag of gold in his hand. And in the bed, asleep, are three daughters. On the left of the painting, we can see the father of the three daughters, and he's sitting there, and perhaps he's hoping to catch the mystery man and his gold, red-handed.
1: In the Netherlands, don't they leave a clog out or something, and they put... On Saint Nicholas's Day, and sin- and there's gifts left in the clog for the children, something like that. Is, that. is that right?
0: Yes. Now, I believe that may relate to the story. Basically, the story is about this poor guy, and he's got his three daughters, and he's very poor. And what happens is, is that Saint Nicholas hears about these three daughters. Now, going back all this time ago. Uh, for daughters to get married the father had to pay a dowry uh, for those of you who don't know it's a payment that the father of the bride made to the to the, the family of the groom the situation is if you can't afford a dowry your daughters can't get married and if they can't get married they could actually end up becoming even as bad as ended up being slaves yeah the world doesn't change does it no mm. So what happened was is Saint Nicholas heard about this story and he thought, you know what, this is not good. I want to help out these daughters. So what do you do? Under the cover of night, he thought, but I don't want to be recognised. I want, you know, he's obviously quite a modest guy. So he creeps up to the window. As you do, he takes a bag of gold and he throws it on the bed of the daughters. That's enough money for one of the daughters to get married. Now, there is another legend that apparently, this is probably where the Christmas link comes, he threw it in through the window and miraculously it landed in a stocking that was hanging by the fire to dry.
1: It seems more likely than a fat man getting down a chimney, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, a few nights later, or maybe a few months later, it doesn't really specify, he again creeps up to the window and throws in another bag of gold. And of course, you know, the father's thinking, crikey, where's all this gold coming from? This is really good. But I've got to, you know, there's a mystery, isn't there? There's a mystery to be solved. So what happens is, is after the second time a bag of gold's thrown in, the father wakes up night after night, hoping to catch the person who's creeping up to the window of his daughters and throwing gold at them. Would you do, I mean, as a father, would you be concerned and would you want to stand up and find out who's creeping to the window of your daughters at night and chucking gold in?
1: Well, as father, that's my gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the third time, there's father sitting there and he catches St Nicholas red-handed and he says, oh, Saint Nick. Well, he doesn't say, oi oh, I sit, Nick, but he says, you know, and he says, oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, giving us all this gold and, and helping us out and meaning that my daughters can get married. And apparently St. Nicholas said, don't tell anyone, and if anyone asks, you must thank God for answering your prayers, not me.
1: So he thinks a lot of himself, St. Nicholas, then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, on to the next one. Right. And again, right. what we're looking at here is a picture of, of St Nicholas and he's dressed in bishop's robes and he's holding a staff. It looks like he's in his private quarters. And emerging out of what looks like a barrel are three naked boys. So, Tom, what do you think might be going on there then?
1: Is this the beginning of um, boy zone? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, this is the third legend about St Nicholas. And apparently there was... Three lost boys. Boys own. Uh They were out one night and they got lost. Lost, and they wandered into a kindly man who also happened to be a butcher, Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he said, like you know, probably said, "Come in, come into my shop." And uh, you know, so what they did then, the butcher then did was he apparently he chopped them up and he placed them in a pickling barrel. Are you sure that was Simon Cowell?
1: That no, was Louis Walsh. Wasn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> so, he chopped them up and he placed them in a pickling barrel, perhaps for sale at a later date. Now, of course, you can imagine St. Nicholas is quite a, uh, you know, doesn't like that. He is the patron saint of, you know, he's known for gifts and he's also the patron saint of children as well. So, that's obviously going to quite shock him here in this story.
1: Not to mention a great
0: record producer. What, well, St. Nicholas?
1: No, I was thinking Simon Cow. Um.
0: <laughs> so he goes in and, and, and he's angry. I assume he's angry in a way that St Nicholas, I'm making this bit up, but I guess he was angry. And he goes in to, to confront this butcher, but apparently the butcher's already long gone. And he sees this barrel full of these boys. They're all chopped up into little pieces. So he thinks, what can he do? So what he does is he brings them back to life. You, you, you're you looking doubtful that this actually happened, Tom. Well,
1: it just sounds like complete bollocks, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the painting doesn't show any of that at all. They look uh, large as life, these little boys. They don't look chopped up. They haven't got cuts and scars all over them where St Nicholas has
0: miraculously stuck them back together. Yeah, but resurrections aren't like you see in the movies, Tom. Uh,
1: well, I haven't seen resurrections in the movies, to be honest, Marcus. <laughs>
0: So, Tom, that is the end of our Christmas special. Did it make you feel more Christmassy?
1: No, it was quite disturbing, wasn't it? Oh. Well, you know, chopping up little boys and then, you know, getting them, putting them back together. is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. It's nice to, ma- to have a bit of magic, but that wasn't really magical. It was just slightly strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I really tried to bring this the spirit of christmas into this episode. So I suppose on that note we better just um just do the the end bit which is if people um if you can head over to modernartistrubbish.com and subscribe to our mailing list and Tom was there another thing that we were going to say about our mailing list that you need to do because some I've noticed some people saying that it was going into their spam folder.
1: All right, so add it to a trusted sender.
0: Okay. So please remember to do that. Okay, well, it's just buys then, Christmassy buys.
1: Okay, yeah. Bye. Bye.